0: Another week of Marketing Monday with Adam and Shelly. I'm Shelly. This, I can't do this very well. Over here is Mark, and Adam is a black screen to <laughs> us today. Mr. Adam is being the uh, world traveler and driving across the Midwest today in his fancy new car.
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, sorry, he used guys, to be a black
0: screen talking. to us today, apparently.
1: Sorry, guys, for uh, not having the camera on today, but with an eight hour drive, I really didn't want to pull over and, um, for an hour and, and lose that hour. But I'm really excited about today's topic because Mark is a hell of a guy and I'm really excited to see what he's been doing on the last year and a half with everything going on. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I would love to just jump in. Mark, if you want to take the first couple minutes and just kind of tell everybody who you are um, a little bit. if you. I wouldn't mind if you took the first few minutes to kind of tell a little bit of your background story. Like I've loved hearing it a couple times and I think it's really interesting to kind of see how you've risen up. Uh, Mark Fonder, born and raised in Two Falls. Um, started out as an electrician.
2: I actually busted my legs. So I started bartending and I got into the bar business. Um, the very first bar I bought was out in Brandon, South Dakota. My lawyer pretty much told me I'm an idiot for buying it (laughs) for $125,000. Yeah,
0: it's just kind of progressed. Your first business was $125,000? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think I paid more for my first building that I bought than that, and it wasn't very big. Yeah.
2: So I think it was about 14 years ago I started, 14, 15 years ago. Um. Yeah, and it just kind of progressed from there. You know, I always wanted to move up and get bigger from the first bar I bought, restaurant. So we moved, to, actually, the city of Brandon wouldn't let me move to my new building. So I actually bought the flat Flatiron on 57th and Cliff and turned around and uh, redid that and made that into Stubby's Bar and Grill. Well, at the same time as they approved that, they approved me to uh, start 212 out in Brandon. So... At 30 years old, I was basically starting two brand new bars from scratch. Wow. <laughs> it was a task. Um, so then a year, uh, about a year and a half after I approached me, wanted to buy uh, stubby, So everything has a price tag on it, I guess. And <laughs> sold that um, and definitely wanted to keep growing. So I ended up starting
0: Craven.
2: And next month, February 28th, will be 10 years. There, Holy cow, years. really? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, when we built out there, it was, I mean, on the outskirts of town and now mm-hmm.
0: kind
2: of grown around it. So,
0: yeah, that was definitely a wise investment out there seeing how much that's exploded in the last like five years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no gas station, nothing in front of us. So it was us and Lewis. But uh, yeah, it's progressed out there very nicely. So I did that. And then uh, in the meantime, I bought Double D out in Brandon. And I so I had Craven Double D two twelve, and then I ended up building the Barrel House in two thousand eighteen December. So three and a
0: half. That years. one that one feels like it's been there longer. Actually, that's uh, interesting.
2: Yeah. So, and then about two years ago, I ended up selling Double D and uh, two twelve out in Brandon just to free up some time in that, and I started getting into. Uh, t-shirt embroidery business and then also storage units right now so
0: yeah are those up and running i know wilder is is running your your printing business is called wilder customs right yep yep, yeah that's
2: been going for about two years now and then uh i got some storage units and i'm adding on 246 units right now that should be ready in the spring some of them anyway to start so and
0: those are in western sioux falls or t um, T exit t so, yeah. so explain a little bit to the people listening, like, how do you progress from electrician? Obviously, we know you had to get out of that. But like, how do you progress to owning multiple restaurants to now you can kind of tell that your life path is like, I'm not sure I want to stay in the restaurant business forever. And you're kind of starting to get into some non-restaurant ventures. Why is that? And how is that, um, is that part of a long-term strategy that you have? Yeah, I mean,
2: basically, my daughter's six years old, so I wanted to spend more time with her. And uh, I just want, right now, I still have about 150 employees. So I'm trying to, her idea is to make an income, you know, in the future without so many employees, I guess. so. I think that's one of the
0: number one things. Like, when I talk with just small business clients, like, I generally work with small businesses that have, you know, five or ten Employees or less, that like employees are just such a game changer. Like you just there's so many so many factors that play into it that can just wreak havoc on a business. I can't imagine 150, honestly.
2: Yeah, (laughs) well, especially this year is very trying with COVID. And I mean, Mm -hmm. tests and you're out two weeks, and or last year, this year. I mean, it's just been a roller coaster ride of trying to keep up with all the laws and rules and you got to pay them if you're not. So,
0: so can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Like, how have you done that? Like, how in the world do you, have you had to bring on like HR people? Have you had, like, how in the world do you manage that on top of managing the restaurant?
2: Oh, just a lot with my uh, lawyers and accountants, I guess, you know, they kind of help me out. And I mean, yeah, it's, I definitely have an HR person that has my back and, stays up on it more than i do i guess that does all the payroll and that but yeah it's it's been very trying this year to you know try and keep everyone employed then we had a pretty big uh, decrease in sales uh, probably the end of november first part of december so we cut some hours out down to part time well then they quit now we're picked back up so right challenge
0: have you seen in all of the years that you've been in the restaurant business have you seen any anything else In the last decade that has been anywhere similar to this with staffing issues and such no i mean this you know and then actually when they gave the unemployment you know the 600
2: hours on top of the other ones well then people didn't want to come back to work so i mean that was i understand what they were trying to do but it just you know for i guess a business owner that stayed open throughout it it was it was very tough
0: very tough wow I guess I never even really thought about that like that thought never even crosses my mind like if you're offered your job back why wouldn't you want to go back to work <laughs> but I guess I can see where that would was that a pretty big issue
2: yeah I mean most of my staff I basically told them you know we, we've done very well here and they make good and tips and everything else so most of them came back but it was some of them that you mm. know they had it all timed out and they knew exactly when the benefits stopped and you know they definitely wanted to collect the unemployment.
0: Wow. I I wouldn't have even thought of that as a thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it happens.
0: Wow. So from uh, from a, a marketing standpoint, let's kind of like not pandemic-ish, Like, what do you think has set you and um, with Craven and Barrel House apart from the million other restaurants in town, like, right? There's, There's a new restaurant every day, it feels like, in this town, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it's cool to have lots of different choices and options, but, like, what sets you guys apart? Why have you guys been so successful?
2: Well, I think, you know, I mean, me and all my employees are very involved with the community. You know, we do a lot of fundraising, a lot of giving back to the kids in Sioux Falls and that. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, people respect that and support us that way um and i think just trying to keep up with the times you know you gotta change you know we switched i just ran a promotion you know i'm trying to get everyone to do it online ordering you know instead of calling the phone up and that so we did a five dollar promo on that so i think people kind of get stuck and if you don't change you're always going to be behind a little bit so mm-hmm. hopefully ahead of the curve i guess <laughs>
0: So, you guys just added online ordering, or is that is that something new you guys in the last couple months have started doing, or do you use a service or something? or
2: no, we don't use a service. It's all in-house, but, uh, yeah, we just started it. but I just you know i am trying to get people to use it more, I guess. So basically, if you jump online and you get spend over twenty five bucks, you get five dollars off. So hmm. I think once you get the people trained to doing it that way, you can set up a pickup time and everything else. It's easier on everyone. But uh, it's just trying to get them to do it the first time. So,
0: yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Like starting a brand new program like that in the restaurant world, are you guys using? How have you had to adjust like your staff to be able to meet those needs? And marketing is this just a like order online and pickup, or are you guys delivering too? We are in
2: delivering. It's just an order pickup. But you know, even during the you know when the pandemic was pretty hard, we actually had people. I mean sitting there answering phones and that was it you know we were doing a lot of orders, and we still are but I mean it got really really busy for a while there so we had to adjust some staff and have the kitchen help on just to keep up you know and then there were shortages on everything to go containers you couldn't get and I mean it's there's been and now uh, actually we just run it into a shortage with food that's because now Minnesota opened back up so, Oh, so all the restaurants you know, they got a big surge and oh, we're short on lettuce, we're short on that and stuff that we've been using this whole entire time. So
0: I would have never thought that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh I mean, even like our pop products and that, there's definitely I mean, Mr. Pib, Mel Yellow, it just runs out in the entire city, you know, so
1: it's uh yeah. Yeah, it's, I heard you. it's been it's been really surprising to me. The things that have run out that nobody ever thinks of like like there. you just would never think like oh yeah in the middle of the pandemic like potted lettuce are gonna run out like
0: (laughs) toilet paper
1: i guess you could kind of i mean you could kind of like see it water you could kind of see it uh but like yeah man what a what a hell of a year for you to try and um juggle everything as far as like employees and new laws and mandates and then logistics of like supplies and everything like that Uh, i'm curious mark do you think that you could have done what you're doing right now in year two or three handled all of this
2: probably not i mean it's you know they closed this down for seven eight weeks you know and then actually i went to the city council meeting where they had the mask mandate and then the, the last vote it was like five hours into it was the um 50 occupancy of the restaurant business and it was a four to four vote not the very last speaker with the mayor and he was the tiebreaker you know and my my whole thing is and i'm fortunate enough but that night i went down to like mamaladas to eat And i mean they can fit 20 people maybe max in their total or you already cut them down to 10 people i just you know i think if everyone's smart about it social distancing and that you know if you do have preconditioned you know health issues you know so but like i said i am very you know fortunate at the Barrel house that i'm big enough and craving that i can spread people out and that and there's a lot of other places that can't but Yeah, it definitely, uh, you know, trying to cover all the bills and it's, you know, business we're down. There's no doubt about it, but um, it's definitely been a a year.
0: So Uh, if there's other restaurant owners that are listening that are in year two or three, like, do you have anything specific that you would tell them to help them, like, make better decisions or like people they should have on their staff? Like, what do you think you would have focused on if you were early on? That's made the difference for you
2: well the biggest thing is, is you know your controlled costs you know you can control labor you can you know just some of that stuff i mean it and just your ordering you know i mean you, you're better off to have money in the bank instead of over ordering on a lot of things so i mean i you know some of these this year is just i mean it's unpredictable i guess so it's been yeah i don't know exactly what
0: uh, i'm, what's
1: I'm in- I'm, I'm curious, Mark. Sorry, there's there's a heck of a delay. Um, what? A, I, I don't think a lot of people who listen, or just a lot of people in general, realize that you know the restaurant business is a really tight margin business to operate to begin with. And you know, I've had discussions with people, but I you're the first person to ask. What is that? All the costs and everything that go into running a restaurant. When you're running at half occupancy, how how are you guys cash doing, cash flow wise? When that's already a hard enough because I mean, as far as I understand, anyways, in the in the restaurant business, like you really count on your Fridays and Saturdays and stuff like that to make up for revenue for the rest of the week. And then when basically I run at half uh, half capacity, like how has it worked out pretty well for you, like? Um, financial wise or is it still a pretty big shock?
2: No, it's a big shock. Like I said, our labor costs, you know, I mean, it goes up Monday, you know, you got all the prep people in there and everything else trying to try and get caught up after the weekend. So, I mean, we actually talked about closing Mondays and Tuesdays just because the sales have dipped so low them days. And, you know, you got to have staff here. You got to turn the lights on, gas on, labor. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, Luckily, I'm fortunate enough that I've been in it long enough that I can weather the storm, I guess. But, you know, like you said, on them new businesses, I mean, I can't imagine the pain and struggle they're going through. But, uh, yeah, we just, you know, we cut our labor and, you know, try and hopefully get through the weekend and that. And it's it has been good here. Like I said, I've been fortunate enough, and there a lot of other places
1: not. So, I, yeah. Yeah. Um. I, the reason why I'm these questions is because there are people that all of us know that they're the ones that are really, really struggling. And for anybody who's listening, you're, you're lucky enough to where you're right. You might be able to weather the storm and everything like that, but you're the person that hopefully can really shine a light on just how difficult it is to navigate something like this and because these other people they're just in emergency mode they're like listen i could give a rip less about wanting to talk about your dumb little podcast i'm over here trying to like just save my business period it's like and that's the reason why i'm asking the questions is because it's i think it's really important that people realize that there is so many different angles to look at any any decision that happens doesn't matter pandemic or not, it affects a lot of different people in a lot of different ways, and it's good because we have the experience and everything to shine a little bit of a light on probably the most affected sector of of the pandemic.
2: Yeah, I think when we got shut down for them, you know, seven eight weeks, they're not only you know, I mean they. Uh, You lose all your product, which I did give away to all my staff and everything else. I mean, we probably had $20,000 worth of product just to keep a business going. That I mean, you know, they pull the plug on you and you out all that. Um, And just, I mean, I think the ripple down effect, you know, I mean, we hire, we have liquor guys, beer guys, we have towel guys, we have cleaners. You know, I have a lot of people that aren't actually employed by me, but rely on us, you know, and our food vendors come out of Minneapolis with food trucks and that. So, I mean, it just, it is a trickle down effect to everyone. Um, Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, the Minnesota just opened up today. So I, but they're doing 50% occupancy, I think. So yeah. Um,
0: A long time.
2: Yeah. They've been closed down for quite a while.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, if you don't mind, uh, if if we can just take a step back really quick and talk about, so you go from being an electrician slash bartender to very quickly acquiring a couple of restaurants. What are some of those early life lessons that you had to learn to effectively run a business? Like what's, what's there like maybe a couple of them that, you know, were, were the hardest for you to overcome?
2: Oh, just, I mean, basically, my first sneakers was my very first restaurant. And, you know, I mean, it. our payroll was very minimal. I would work eight, 16, 18 hour days. And my whole goal was that I stayed open till two every night just to set the precedence to know that people could come there a week till two. But there's so many nights I'd be sitting there watching TV by myself thinking, why am I doing this? But. I did stick it out, so I mean it's just a lot of it is, you know. I mean you got a a lot of blood, sweat, and tears going in the first couple years, and you got to take some risks too, you know. And you got to do something different than other restaurants are doing, um, just to separate yourself. I think Um, because there is so many choices to choose from in Sioux Falls right now, which is good. But it's just I mean you gotta you gotta do stuff a little different, and you know. To separate yourself, I guess, because they can go anywhere and get, you know, a burger, pizza, fries. So. Yeah.
0: Is there anything specific that you feel like you, like, does Barrel House do stuff differently to set themselves apart than Craven does? Like, for instance, I know Barrel House is known, obviously, barrel, like you guys are saying is whiskey and some of the other well drinks, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, what do you guys do specifically that's setting you apart from other places?
2: So, basically, at the Barrel, you know, my very first bar, even even Craven, you know, I mean, I had the Penny some stuff, and, you know, I would love to do some things that I couldn't do, so the Barrel House, I kind of got to do a little bit more of that, but, uh I mean, we hand-bred 95% of our appetizers in-house, you know, which is, you know, our cheese balls are going to be ours, they're not going to be in like anyone else's in town, so, I mean, I think there's just differences like that, that, you know, the homemade signature cocktails, signature items. You know, I was down in Kentucky a few months ago doing a couple bourbon picks and that. So stuff like that, I think that it's, you know, I mean, you just got to, you got to differentiate yourself from other restaurants. So to be unique.
0: What would you say the thing that Craven is the most known for? I mean, I, clear, I clearly knew what Barrel House was known for. I'm not as familiar with Craven cotton candy oh, <laughs> when we first started and I I did steal
2: the idea out of California but we you know we had cotton candy and big martini glasses at every table when you came. and so, I don't
0: think I knew that.
2: Until so people started stealing the $50 martini glass <laughs> we quit that but uh, we still do have cotton candy up there but it's just I mean, Craven's just kind of grown into a, you know, local neighborhood, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you guys were the first, really, you you were the first ones up there. I remember one of the first times I went to Craven, um, my husband's family used to be a part of the Mopar car show at Billions up there. Yeah. And so after the car show, we went up to Craven and all of us that had helped had a meal out there. And it was like, it was literally one of the only restaurants the, unless you went down to, you know, 41st and Louise, or, you know, a little bit further down there, it was the only restaurant out there. I think that was even before B and G was built on the corner yet. Yeah,
2: that was. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, I was just in there the other night and we were actually, I was just talking about it because they were asking me where I spend most of my time. why well, I live by Craven, but even, you know, I think barrel house is a little bit more of a destination spot and i'm sure it will grow around us but i mean i can go in craven and i probably know 75 percent of the people so it is uh you know a local cheers That's that has true. to be a, that yeah
0: that has to be a cool feeling to be like that that cheers feeling
2: yeah definitely yes i mean we go around and i always tell them when i'm, I'm going to stop in there quick well everyone knows it's going to be quick because i gotta yeah go able to say hi and it takes a while
0: so if you don't mind for the rest of or for taking a turn so we talked quite a bit about the past but like what does the future look like for you so tell us why you started wilder um, and now getting into the storage units i've heard a little bit of this story through class but tell everybody else
2: yeah so basically i started wilder customs because i mean with 116 employees i do all my hats shirts coats and all that stuff so I figured it'd be a good fit, and I found a partner that wanted. She's been in the industry 20 years, so it was kind of. I didn't plan on that one, but uh, it just. I think it was a good fit for both of us. So, and I had that space. So, and then uh, the storage units basically just came about. I ended up. uh, Someone needed to sell the building on a pretty much fire sale, so ended up buying that, and then built out some more storage units. Oh, like I said, I found some land out there. My realtor with our you know, calls me to find some decent deals or whatever. So end up buying ten acres out there. Um and I you know, there's a lot of growth out there right now. Yeah. Gas station out there and ideal and there's um glass doctors so there's definitely a lot of growth out there. Um not into falls, but it is, you know, a little bit cheaper. Pressure to make the numbers work for storage units, but um, I'm definitely trying to do, I'm trying to be the one stop shop, I guess, for the storage units and putting garage door openers on all my bigger units and that's so people can just go up there and key fob and it'll open for me. So, and I, you know, uh, I think it's all paved roads right off the interstate, easy access. So, I'm hoping that uh, I have less employees and. <laughs> It'll be easier on my light home life, I guess. I, can, I I put in a lot of time, a lot a lot of hours when I first started out in the bar industry. And I still do, but it's you know, it's nice to be able to hire managers and you know, let them take some hours Okay. sure.
0: So what has twenty twenty been like for Wilder Customs? I mean you guys are you're on year two, you said, so like you're clearly still in growth mode. But did that kind of come to a stop? Has that taken off? Like, where is things at with Wilder this year?
2: Actually, I, it it dipped for a little bit, but now I mean, it seemed like September through still now. I mean, it's doing really good, really good. So I think you know, and that's one thing. that's, you know, uh, right now. I mean, there's some businesses doing really good. You know, the people a lot of the construction, masters. All that stuff, you know, they're doing really good. Excavators, you know, and then there's other businesses that are struggling. So that's what's hard right now is you know, half the half the businesses are booming and half are, you know, struggling.
0: And that's kind of the roller coaster of business in general, right? So like there's always some some degree of seasonality to most businesses, right? Yeah. Even if it's not actual seasons, like there is, you know, sometimes it depends. It just depends on economy and all that kind of stuff. But there's always going to be up and down businesses for every curve, right?
2: There, yep, it is. But actually, I mean, Wilder's been doing really good. So I don't know. We did a little promotion where we gave, you know, I teamed up with Ferrell, house and Craven. Ordered So I try and cross, you know, utilize everything.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you guys so? how different is it i guess and maybe i don't know how involved you are in wilder i guess if your other partner is more involved or not but like how do you how do you market a marketing company right like wilder is basically a marketing company yeah. so like, what's different about how you have to market that than the restaurant industry
2: well you know it's basically like i mean me knowing 75 percent people when i go into craven you know trust me and believe in me so. Um, that's helped out a lot, and that's just word of mouth. You know, a lot of these other uh, apparel companies get back. People are, you know, taking three, four months. So I mean, that's one thing that we strive on to. You know, if we get your order, we try and get a quick turnaround. So, and we're not that big. There's only three employees out there, but it's just, and hopefully we grow. But right now, it's you know the turnaround time and the you know execution
1: is phenomenal stuff do you see that you guys have like to go ahead Adam yes um, I'd actually like to talk a little bit about the marketing for a restaurant if you don't mind um, because I'm always kind of curious like so when you first start off a restaurant like you have your grand opening and everything like or you you know I don't know there's like 16 different openings now but you got like soft opening your grand opening yeah. you know and so on but you know you have this initial excitement but then let's say like for the first month you know you might get really good sales just because the news stations are talking about you the papers are talking about you everything like that and everybody wants to try out a new spot for the first time but how do you um, continue to bring in people down the road when it comes to marketing um, for restaurants?
2: Yeah, I mean it's I. As you're talking about it, I know the guys that own Urban Chiswick, and they're just killing it right now. They've been on food, never, so, which is great for them. You know, I'm proud, and you know they had to shut off their online ordering and to goes and that because they were so swamped. But, um, yeah, after the honeymoon period's over, I guess we just try. You know, I mean, if you give them a good product, you know, um, the bartenders, I i got a lot of long-term employees, especially my bartenders, that make friendships, pretty much, you know, with the customers and that. Um, And I also do a lot with, you know, I'm sponsoring softball teams. So the kids, you know, the parents come there and eat after the games. And that. So, like I said, we try and stay involved in the a lot, um, you know, especially with Hungry Hearts, giving them away their coats and backpacks. Uh, so, I mean... I think the community involvements helped me out a lot, but also just I think I think it's the location. Um, I've been approached twenty five times to build something downtown.
0: I just I
2: I kind of flat out tell them it's out of my uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> um, there's a lot of there's a lot of businesses down there, and you know I guess I'm a neighborhood bar
1: restaurant at both places. So, and I, I find that that's really interesting that you would not look at going and doing a location downtown. Um, and if you don't mind, could we if we could talk about that a little bit? Is it the cost uh, to rent a space downtown? Uh, because it's certainly, I and mean, there's certainly quite a bit of foot traffic on there. So you know, I would assume you know me not knowing anything.
0: Adam you Adam you cut out pretty bad there. Just but
2: yeah, I mean I think the rent down I mean I actually own the real estate at Craven and the Bear House which is you know one of my long-term goals. Um I couldn't afford anything downtown probably to buy. Um so yeah, everything is rented down there and it is a little pricier but I mean it's just everyone wants to own a bar I've seen so many people try and fail or, you know, get caught up in it and that. So I just don't, I mean, me personally, I just don't know the crowd down there and I don't know the clientele, you know, so it would be a big, I mean, yeah, it'd be a big challenge for me to go down there and try and create a menu and drinks and everything else, you know, the new bar down there.
0: Oh, the um, high low. Ah, yeah. You
2: know, I mean, I've seen everything they're doing. It looks like they got amazing drinks and everything. You know, everyone I talk to loves it. So it's just, I mean, it's definitely something different than what I'm used to. So, and I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at with 150, 60 employees, so
0: yeah and that's kind of where my mind goes with you even like it would be hard for me to envision you owning downtown not that I know you that well but I mean you and I have worked together a few different times and like you're just your personality seems like that that cheers kind of personality right like you come in and you sit down and you have a beer and you chit chat you don't have to you don't have to get dressed up to come into any of your restaurants you don't have to feel like you need to be a certain way and I think that's really appealing to a lot of people yeah no
2: that's definitely it so I mean it's it's, I don't know, like I said, I think I'm uh, tapped out on the bar or restaurant. So uh, I'll try and find different avenues.
0: So going forward, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about Hungry Hearts, right? So um, I don't know if everybody knows or not, but Hungry Hearts is something that you personally started, right? Yes. Um, and I've, part- I've taken part in a couple different events that have um, the Hungry Hearts has put on or has benefited um, but tell us a little bit about what Hungry Hearts is what it does what its mission is
2: yeah so basically it all started with me and my chef Jesse and he you know we talked to we had to do something for the kids so our our very first goal is to raise $25,000 and you know we blew that out of the water so it just kind of grew from there and then we started made it a 501c3 you know nonprofit and that and uh, it's it's just growing I mean the community support the other business you know, we're local we keep it there's no money taken out of the pot so it's all volunteer um, we just basically it all started out to make sure all the kids got a hot lunch in school um, we did that we've also helped out with backpacks and coats and everything else for the kids and then this year uh school lunches was taken over by the federal thing. So I went, well, it must have been right before Christmas, and bought $2,000 worth of snacks for pop-darts and trail mix and all that for the kids that come into the counselor's office, social worker's office and you know, tell them they're hungry. So um, we're still trying to find different ways to be involved. We gave away over 750 coats in October, um, backpacks we did before the school year and that. so. I mean, we're definitely any anything. I mean, the social workers and the counselors have my number, so if they need something, they get hold of me, and we, you know, try and make sure the kids are taken care of. So, hundred um, percent of the money stays in Sioux Falls, like I said. Storyhouse, a small little dream and hope, and I think we've raised over six hundred thousand
0: though. That's amazing. That was going to be my next question. Like, where? Because this is only a couple years old, right? Yeah it started uh right three and a half
2: three three and a half years ago yeah That's
0: and i know you guys have done a couple of different events like you've done a event out at uh the barrel house a couple of years ago uh or not not this past summer summer before you guys did like um competition out there and you guys gave away a bunch of stuff and had that big huge stuff in the parking lot like what are some of the events that hungry hearts how can people get involved with that if they want well
2: yeah usually. You know, pre-COVID, we'd have a big outdoor event, have barbecue contests and inflatables and everything for the kids and the band outside and that. But this year, uh, you know, with the circumstances, we did a, a happy bourbon dinner. Mm, that's right. For 400 a ticket. And actually that night, we had some uh, awesome chefs come in from Chicago and Justin Southern from Minneapolis. Um, we raised $64,000 to get that
0: that's awesome
2: that was pretty amazing for a little small pop-up event that we just kind of threw together so but we had you know like i said one of the businesses guys came up and he handed us a ten thousand dollar check which was unexpected but yeah so yeah we definitely uh um hopefully after covid um we'll be back to normal and we can start doing our outdoor events again and that and
1: raising money but because there been an additional, sorry, uh, go ahead, Adam. No, no, that's, that's, believe me, I'm the one that's inconveniencing you guys in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really curious, you know, you're starting to do more of this um, uh, charity. I'll, I'll just call it charity work. Um, I don't know if that's the right term for it, but do you have a really big audacious goal um, that you'd like to hit um, the next, say like five years um, when it, either in, cons- in regards to this or um, maybe even business. With charity or business? With- yeah, with charity or business.
2: Oh, I I mean, the charity work, I think we just, you know, there's so many charities out there and I understand everyone, you know, could use money to need help. And, you know, we've been approached by a lot of national charities, you know, they write in there. I know the restaurant business has been hit hard. But, you know, so um, I just want to draw awareness. You know, I think the kids are our future, you know. Um, our first goal is to make sure they got fed, you know. I mean, a lot of kids go to school hungry and that, and it's going to be hard for them to learn. And they're, they're the ones that are going to be taken over after I'm in a nursing home. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I think drawing awareness, and I think, there's a lot of giving people in Sioux Falls, you know. So I mean, I think our kids, you know, get, you know, there's a lot of cancer and other, other other benefits in that. But I think if I could draw enough awareness and hopefully that, you know, even like the school lunches, you know, I would hope, and the amount of the federal government will, you know, it all be free for them. So at least they get to eat at school. So, uh, goals on the restaurant business um I don't know I mean it's it's going there there you are all right sorry um yeah goals on the restaurant business I don't I mean Craven's still growing strong um barrel house is doing really good so I don't, I don't have a really end date when I'd like to be out, you know, and it's when the time's right, it's right, I guess, um, I'll be stuck in Sioux Falls for a while. So even though I'd like to be somewhere warm, but I don't know, I mean, I mean, you can vacation maybe, there. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, you know, if I could get another 10 years out of it and then sell out or find something else to do, you know, get in some commercial real estate or something would probably be my end goal.
0: There, what Do you have any idea, like, just from other friends or people that you've worked with, like, what is the average age of a restaurant to stay in the business? I don't even know. I don't know. It would be interesting yeah. to know, like, especially in our area, like, how long does a restaurant business typically last in our area, I wonder?
2: I know the, you know, the first three years, it's like a 50%, you know, mm-hmm. don't make it. So once you get past there, but, you know, and and there's a lot of... You know, Minerva's downtown's been there for, I couldn't tell you how long, you know, but, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think think restaurant, and I could be wrong here, but I think I may have seen numbers over the years that retail or restaurant is similar to retail as far as, like, how many survive after so many years, and I know retail... If I remember correctly, you're right. It was somewhere around like 50 to 60 or 70 percent, like are gone within the first three to five years, and then of the ones that do make it past those, that point, only at 10 years, only like 10 of them, 10 percent or less are there. Something like that is the the statistic that I've heard. And then to be able to sell past that point, you know, rather than just close like a legacy kind of business, like that's that's even more rare to find right so I mean you know it's cool to be able to see some of those businesses that have been around like that's been a really it's been an interesting experience for me to see like for my business like we were around for 11 years before I sold it and now they're two you know two and a half years further into it you know so to like see that process be able to last and you know you clearly have created that within Craven and created that community and it's something Adam and I talk about a lot on the podcast is the what makes a business last a lot of times is creating that community um you know and it sounds like that's really what's made the difference for craven and hopefully barrel house is on that same path to be able to do that too
2: yeah i think it's getting there it's you know um they're building a lot of apartments and twin homes and houses around us so it it definitely will be it'll be coming around the Barrel house too so
0: yeah adam and i both kind of live out in that general area as well of, of barrel house and there's there's not there's not restaurants over there, right? Like when we talk about going and picking up food or anything, like there's there's not anywhere in that you know south, southeast Sioux Falls area for you to get takeout. It's nice. That's why I was interested in the beginning. Of the Barrel House doing takeout now
1: because wow. there's just not a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, there isn't a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, there's 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 like really the only place I would really even equate to the Barrel House, but it's not quite the same thing as the Attic, which is on um, is it 49th? 40 and, um, um, like, 40 southeastern per. area? It is 41st? Yeah. Okay. I mean, but Barrel House is just kind of like <clears throat> kind of in its own league out there in the southeast part of town, but I have a really high confidence level that the southeastern part of town is going to just explode in the next couple of years. Um, so much so that I actually have mm-hmm somebody who is looking to start up a detailing business and they were looking to go like um tijuana's area and i said no 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 no. you you go towards harrisburg like that's where that's where you want to go that's where like some of the money is and not only that but that's where i think it's going to just blow up expansion wise um there
2: yeah i definitely think the southeast here is you know i mean the growth potential down here is going to be big, um, and I like it out here. I grew up, I mean, on twenty six and Bonson area, and I used to walk to a, to a cornfield to Harvey Dunn. <laughs> so everything to the east there, and then my very first job was at Heidi uh, on Sycamore. Well, there was, I mean, that was on the outskirts back then. So I won't I won't say how many years ago that was. Cause that was- <laughs> But yeah, I, um, the growth here, it, it's great, you know? And I think uh, Sanford's building a big complex down there on um, 57th and Highway 11. So they bought a bunch of land.
0: Mm. Yes, I didn't know that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's exploded out there. It's nice to its nice to see. And yeah, I think that's a, a growing area of town, so. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're kind of hitting the end. It looks like things are picking up for you a little bit too. And so what we usually do the last couple minutes of the podcast is kind of let you talk about whatever you want. Like, what do you want people to know about you or your businesses? Like we talked a little bit about the takeout and stuff, but like it doesn't even have to be the restaurant businesses, honestly. Like you can talk about the others if you want, but you know, what's something that you want people watching this now where we repost this onto other stuff? Like what's something you want to leave them with today?
2: Well, I just think, you know, I mean, if, whether you're thinking about getting into the business or anything else, you know, I mean, definitely do your checking and planning and, you know, go for it. You know, I mean, I definitely got told many times I couldn't do it and wouldn't, but, uh, and I had no help from my parents. They thought I was crazy, too, and they'd still do <laughs> <it>. <laughs> when I uh, you know, keep going farther in depth. But I think, you know, if you're smart about it, you know, um, do your due diligence, do your, you know, go for it and hopefully, uh, hopefully our economy and it looks like everyone's moving here and it's, you know, Sioux falls is pretty, uh, pretty safe. You know, we're not like, other, you know, we see little dips and, but not, not like other states. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good state to be in besides the weather. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, yeah. The weather, the weather keeps the riffraff out. That's what I like to tell people.
0: <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. So, if people yeah. wanted to order, we want to help support you, Mark. Where, what's all the places people can find you right now? They can jump
2: on either of our websites, um, and right there, it takes you right from there from our menu to the online ordering and that. So. Um, is it just
0: Barrel House? Is it thebarrelhouse.com? Is it Barrelhouse uh, House? What is it? com. Okay. What about Craven?
2: Craven. SD, Craven.com. That one's not SD. Okay. The Barrel House was taken, so. Uh, and then uh,
0: Wilder Customs is just Wilder Customs, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Hungry
0: Hearts, that has its own website, too?
2: Yep. And that does. And we've, uh, you know, there's a donation page on there and that. So our biggest thing is, you know, we at the Barrel House Craven we got so many of our employees that want to be involved and in giving back to the kids and so it's it's amazing the help that we've got from even other businesses around here they they're more than willing to donate and give to us so I mean we couldn't do it without them because we just basically put everything together and you know make the fundraiser
0: happen so it's yep. I 150 percent agree in our area like I've and for all of my years that I've done any sort of fundraisers or, you know, I, I ran a nonprofit for a while and stuff and all you have to do is make the ask. Like I, I would say that we, we got told yes, 90% of the time. Like once you make the ask, people around here are so generous and giving and yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. We know you're a super, busy guy, but it's nice to catch up. I hadn't caught up with you in a while and glad to see you guys are still thriving and talk again soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Mark.